Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and we shouldn't be here. Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and I have some pills that I can prescribe for that. <laughs> That's a particularly <laughs> appropriate response. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Space the Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of Monte Carlo simulations and second wave feminism. <laughs> <laughs> So much second wave feminism, Anna. So much second wave feminism. I try to look for creative stuff that has something to do with the topic usually. But this time I was like, fuck it. Like (laughs) Betty Friedan all the way. (laughs) Yep. Today, as you may know, (laughs) listeners, we are talking about Don't Worry Darling, which we... We hope it's as fun for you as it is for us. <laughs> yes. um, we've already had some fun talking about it. Oh, in yeah. the next few weeks, we'll be talking about, Dan, what are we talking about in the next few weeks? We'll be talking, I believe, about Isaac Asimov's foundation. We'll be talking oh, about God, the book. Oh, God, that's right. I'm going to have to, I'm making myself read it again. Yes. and <laughs> what the uh, things I do for you. <laughs> okay. This is your idea. Wait a minute. And then we will be talking about, uh, I believe, the Star Trek slash Strange New Worlds episodes. That's right. That's yes. right. And you wanted to talk about Andor. I do want to talk about Andor at some point. I think I think we need to have an Andor episode. I suggested you would like it. You would have indeed liked it, and I think it's worth. It's true. I think it's worth having an episode to talk about. Maybe the first three or first four or so forth. So yeah, I've, you know. I've been enjoying it. It's yeah. not like the other. Star and I Wars, think it's worth Disney having a conversation about why that is. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Gilroy is Tony Gilroy the plays an important yeah. part there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But yeah, we are also taking suggestions. You can reach us via Twitter if you want. I am at Anna Marie Cox. He is at Dan Dresner. But another way to reach us is via our Patreon page. Our Patreon page Ooh. is very special. Yeah, it is Patreon.com/slash/SpaceTheNation. Dan, tell us more about that page. You know the great thing about that page, Anna? If you go on that page you could choose to become a patron. And, you know, that's a pretty good idea because if you become a patron, you get early access to the podcast episodes. You get access to the Discord channel, which I periodically drop in on, and Anna is a more frequent contributor. But more importantly, the Discord channel is great. Bunch of great people actually having really cool, interesting conversations. I'll call out Billy West in space. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's his real name or not, but he really (laughs) wanted us to do Armageddon last week because... Oh, the DART mission. Yes, that's correct. And he apparently had something to do with the DART mission. Oh, that's pretty cool. We have so many interesting people on the Discord. He is but one of them. You also get access to our monthly AMAs and, in theory, swag. In theory. In theory. Another great way to support the show is just to tell your friends and neighbors to tweet about us. Mm-hmm. I guess put us on Instagram. I haven't really thought about that before. I don't know. Is there a, a talk, tick, tick? Tick tock? I don't know. Tick like maybe talk? the AMAs could be. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like just promote. We love that. Yeah. Uh, we trust we your love... instincts on this. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. When has the internet ever harmed anyone really? <laughs> <laughs> when has anything ever gone wrong because <laughs> someone tried to promote themselves exactly. on the internet? Yes. <laughs> Dan. Like, we're both laughing. I, I How are you? Are, are you doing okay? I'm doing pretty well. You know, yeah. I mean, I I think I said this last week, but like, you know, I, I had three international trips in the last just, month. You cannot stop bragging about that. Well, no, no, no. It, it, <laughs> the thing I'm bragging about is that I managed not to get COVID. Um, and so oh, okay. I'm very happy about that. Also, this is the one, you know, this is the one weekend in the, the fall when like the air conditioner units have been taken out. But the heat hasn't kicked in yet. So you're like, it's a nice, pleasant time to be around New England. How are you, Anna? I remember open windows in buildings. <laughs> I remember what that's like to be able to rely on the weather yes. to have an open window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things are pretty good here. 
I have had some. I haven't gotten it broad, Dan. So I'm sorry. there's, I, okay. yeah. yeah okay. But I'll stop. This I, is the last time I'm going to mention that. So, okay. Yeah. But I was out among the humans last week. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I went to a gala. Oh, sounds, that's right. You were, you were involved in Tripfest, correct? Is that? Well, oh, Tripfest, yes. But also, actually, the thing that I was talking about was oh. Emancipet. Oh, <laughs> which is even a better. <laughs> it's a low cost vet clinic here in Austin. It's actually the largest uh, low cost veterinary service in the country. Mm-hmm. They do spay, neuter, and then some preventative stuff. They started as mainly spay and neutering. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really cool event for a really cool organization. I got Molly spayed there, and people heard my story about, <laughs> about <laughs> Molly, which is all on Molly. And I told them that. Like, I had this horrible experience, and it was Molly's fault. It was not the vet's fault. So, <laughs> it yes. It was not the vet's fault. Exactly. Yes. But Emancipet, it has also offices in Philadelphia, of all places. I'm not sure why it's Austin and Philadelphia. But they are going to try to expand nationwide, so they're doing a huge push. And I'll just do a little little bit of an ad for them here, which is to say that covering cost of veterinary care is kind of the missing link in America's sort of love for its pets. Mm -hmm. More people adopted during the pandemic than ever, right? They just could not keep animals in rescues. That's sort of changed. But people adopting pets, and uh, there's some really scary statistics, which is like 60% of people who own pets like aren't sure if they can pay for a surprise veterinary bill. Right, which is a problem, yes. Right. Uh, And I mean, that's also they probably can't pay for a surprise doctor bill. Another story, also bad. (laughs) Right. Subject of a different podcast, I would suggest. Subject of a different podcast. I have strong feelings about both these things, it turns out. (laughs) So connecting people with low-cost vet care can be the the way that we keep pets out of shelters. Because one of the number one reasons that people turn over a pet to a shelter, which for those of us with pets, we can't imagine. Those of us lucky enough to be able to afford to have pets and not really worry about that stuff, we can't imagine giving up our, our animal part of our family, but for someone that's faced with a catastrophic veterinary bill, mm. or even not catastrophic, just the one they can't afford, it's a problem. I mean, yeah. turning it over to the shelter is the is the thing they do out of love. So right. this organization is going to try and it's done. A, if you're going to be a, a rescue pet, Austin's the place to be, <laughs> but they want to expand this model to other cities. So that's, that's a Mansa pet. If people want to look into it, well I, I think it's just really, really cool. Excellent. So, should we move on? Dan? I think we should. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Uh, from that touching, <laughs> touching story, heartfelt story to pets. To story Let's get to the shit talking on. <laughs> yeah. Also, weirdly antiseptic story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not so heartfelt. Why are we talking about "Don't Worry, Darling," Dan? So I think we're talking about it because both Anna and I were intrigued by the trailer. It's a very compelling trailer. In some ways, showing the best parts of the movie, which is it's gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Also, Anna is definitely intrigued by, you know, one of the minor Chris's, as well as, I believe, Harry Styles. I'm definitely yes. intrigued by Florence Pugh. Um, and also, I loved Booksmart, which was Olivia Wilde's, uh, I believe, directorial debut. So this seemed like an intoxicating, intriguing combination of ingredients. Yes. <laughs> and I thought maybe... That Olivia Wilde had like cracked the code mm-hmm. on how to use mid-century tropes to say something new about gender. Mm-hmm. 
Dan, she did not. No, no, really not. <laughs> nope. She did not. Nope. She, she cracked no code. No. Nope. Now is the, the right code time. Is still scramble. I think now is the right time to warn listeners that if you don't want any plot spoilers, oh God, go yeah. see the movie first, because this is a movie very heavily dependent on plot twists, so uh, at least one of them. So go see the movie, and if you don't care, then absolutely listen, because we're going to spill so much tea on this. The, the hot goss, yes, I believe the, is what exactly. the kids say yes, these yes, days. Yes. I will say that if you love pretty things, mm-hmm. maybe turn off the pod and go see the movie. Yeah, and it also, this is a movie that I think actually is is worthy of, in terms of the, the cinematography and so forth, seeing it in a the theater is worth it, because, like, again, lots of pretty things. Lots of many, pre- very pretty people, you know. Pretty it, people, it, pretty things, pretty great clothes. design, yeah. great cinematography. Yeah. It is an enjoyable, like, movie-going experience. <laughs> if you pay <laughs> no attention whatsoever to the plot. <laughs> yes. If you just, like, want a screensaver for right. a couple hours. Perfect. 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 Or what you could do, this is a thought, download the podcast Go to the theater, <laughs> put your earbuds in, listen to the podcast while you're watching the movie, and that way yeah, you don't have to really, hear the dialogue. We yeah. should, really should do a riff track someday. Oh, that would be amazing. We could we really totally should. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for something like Don't Worry, Darling. Yes. All right, so that's our that's that's it. Now, beyond this point, lie spoilers. You've been We're warned. not going to give any more warnings. Yeah. We shall, however, talk just a little bit more because I think it's kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. the actual movie-going experience. Dan, tell me. So, yes, since this was an actual movie that was released in theaters, there's no streaming service that you can watch this on, my wife and I, on a Wednesday night, Anna, (laughs) went to go see this at a super luxe theater because we are crazy people now since we're we're empty nesters. Oh, my God. I I think for (laughs) both of us, the excitement of going to a movie in the middle of the week was actually, I think, one of the, the highlights of this. I will say the movie house was, I'd say, about half filled. But what was funny was who filled it, which was I think half of the people there or more, almost everyone there were undergraduate women from Boston College, which is close to where we were going to see it. And I kind of suspect they were Harry Styles fans. <laughs> Harry Styles fans. I mean, I'm going to... isn't a Harry Styles fan, Dan? Yes. I yes. mean, the yes. guy. He's... I know. I know. He's a... He is. He is Harry Styles. And I will talk more about that, yes. probably. I am going to add... Mean, I think he's literally half my age, but I'll talk more about that's it. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to just add one aside. I am very glad that I'm... My... I... I've been married to my wife for 25 years when we watched this film because this was the worst heterosexual date movie ever. Okay. I shudder to consider how two people who were like on a first date or even a third date go to this movie and like what happens afterwards. It's just horrible. It could be a good winnowing process. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. 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 If if you didn't know the guy very well. Yeah, and he says, you know, Frank had a couple interesting ideas there. That that would be a good tell. That's a fair point. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm going to tell my Jordan Peterson story now since, spoiler alert, the villain in this movie is Jordan Peterson, basically. Although he doesn't have Jordan Peterson's weird Kermit voice. Very tough. Well, I can't even do it. I'm not even going to do it. Don't don't imitate it. Anyway. So, at some point towards the end of my marriage, but before I really knew it was over. Oh, God, that's right, yes. I forgot. <laughs> I know what's coming, listeners. Go ahead. John comes home and he's like, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan lately. And I'm like, okay, where's this guy? <laughs> like, kind of on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
Have you ever heard of Jordan Peterson? <laughs> and then you fired the flare gun. And then I was like, huh. And I tell you, friends and neighbors, that is the thing I remembered as things got worse. I kept on going back to that moment and being like, that is truly the point at which I should have. I should have that was on. that was the tell, Anna. And, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. Yep. And how did I respond to that? I remember being like, well, yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> I have heard of him. <laughs> what do you think, John? <laughs> and he's like, well, he's got some interesting ideas. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing you can hear at this age, in like the 21st century. Yeah, this guy's got some interesting ideas there. Yeah. You know? It used to be a nice thing to say, but like, it, you know, the insults I would ruined say... It. I guess that was probably 2019. Yeah, it was still pretty pretty bad thing to say because <laughs> then he could have followed up with, "Well, he's just asking questions." There Those we are go. The, like yeah. that combo that's, is that's like a perfect the one-two punch. <laughs> yes, yes, perfect combo. So, what yeah, was your I, I viewing? I don't know if it was to my credit or not, but oh. I just was like, "Huh," and kind of let it slide. That was that was how that kind of gotten resolved, but I never forgot it. Clearly. <laughs> so I saw this movie in the middle of the day, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. Very empty theater. So empty, no one took my ticket, which was Ooh. weird and unsettling okay. in a way. Wow, you just, just could have like walked waltzed in. in. Okay. Uh, I also did the thing I sometimes do, which I brought my own popcorn. <laughs> Air popped mm-hmm. because not so much like I don't care about calories and stuff, but the movie theater popcorn is just so heavy. Right. You know, and I was going to Pilates later. So my wife has sympathy on this because I think we, she actually brought grapes to the theater. Okay, that's another level. Yeah, I know. That's. I know. I know. That's that's weirdly bougie. <laughs> I, we're bougie. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm no longer embarrassed about this. Yes, but you All didn't right, want. Now, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Yes, you're bougie. Yeah. Uh, embrace it. Brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Chekhov's what's it, Dan? What was your what's it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my what's it, which is of course the thing that appears in the first act that winds up recurring. I'm going to say it's Chekhov's red shirts. One of the things that you see throughout the. Most of the movie are these uh, people in sort of red jumpsuits taking various people away. I did like how they showed up in both realities. There is a very brief moment in the real world where you see her walking down a medical hallway and there's an orderly wearing that outfit. Right. Yes, that flew by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Although, see, well... We'll get I to the questions. plot. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, have questions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, none of the say, red, uh, I will say none of the red shirts die, so that was also kind of nice, but yeah. Well, in the, in the fiery car crash. Oh, that's, I guess, oh, that's a point. Although okay. I think the red shirts, see, it's hard not to talk about the plot all the time. Because yes. they're all there. They're just, because like, if the red shirts exist in in our reality too, then they're yeah. not just bots? Because that was how I, I thought oh, they were that's just an like some question. form of bot. They could have been just a bot, that's true. And I don't know. The medical hallway that you referenced, one of my questions is that when Alice gets electroshock therapy, is that in the real world? No, no, no. I didn't think that was in the reality. That was not in the Because I think he's escorting her down the the hallway in the electroshock sequence. Hmm. So that would still be... Maybe. We'll get to this a bit later. But what Guys, was your Chekhov's one? It doesn't take place in the real world. Yep, that's our yep. that's the big twist. That's Guys, a big twist. It's yes. a simulation. Yep. It's a simulation. Yep. <laughs> Whole thing's a simulation. And they don't really explain it very well at all oh no we've got a whole list <laughs> listeners trust us trust us yeah all right dan 
Oh, sorry. What was your Chekhov's What's It, Anna? Uh, Chekhov's Earworm. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well done. Yeah. Okay. I, that's I, true. I'm pretty proud of that one. Okay. So. That's good. All right, Anna, let's get to the story behind the story. As someone who's been traveling internationally for the last <laughs> month, Anna, uh, and has not been looking at pop culture websites, I assume that the making and marketing of this film was just a paragon of professionalism, yes? <laughs> Dan. Yes. Now, even you have probably heard about the central scandal mm-hmm. involving this movie. Right. Which is that. There should be a comma between worry and darling. Oh, fuck yes. That was driving me nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone's okay. talking about it. Yes. <laughs> I hope that maybe in the streaming release, something is done. I, they at least need to have a special feature where they like, or maybe maybe there's a grammarian who can do like a, a voiceover or something, you know, like. And maybe that's track. why Florence Pugh is so upset. <laughs> She is just a stickler for grammar. She is. I hear she's a grammar Nazi. It's true. Yep. Yep. So there are literally explainer articles about what went down with this movie. So I'm just going to try to hit some highlights. Please. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, this would comprise the entire podcast. There is probably a whole, there are probably whole podcasts about Mm -hmm. what happened (laughs) behind the scenes in this movie. Right. So... Olivia Wilde's Booksmart was very popular. Mm-hmm. There was a bidding war for her next movie. Uh, I believe it got very heated. She got to have her pick of scripts, and she chose this one. Mm-hmm. It's a was a spec script uh, that showed up on the blacklist. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, but that's like yeah. Hollywood's like best it's like the best screenplays that are aren't made. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't too surprised to learn that the original script was written by two dudes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the original cast had Wilde and Pew in flipped roles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Olivia Wilde decided she wanted a younger couple at the center. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jack was played by Shia LaBeouf. Ah. That one of the... I hear LaBeouf point- had LaBeef, Anna. <laughs> yeah. So depending on who you believe... <laughs> He was either fired or quit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Olivia Wilde says that she fired him because his behavior was aggressive and obnoxious, especially towards Florence Pugh. Mm. Sheila Beef has video, unfortunately, of Olivia Wilde clearly trying to keep him on the film. Mm. So, I mean, it could be a time thing. It could be that she was trying to keep him on. It could be that she was also just trying to placate him. I mean, you know, God knows how how this works. Yeah, that, see... That could be an interesting thing in a movie. Right, yeah. Right? And to that's the primary just... scandal, right? There's no other scandals involving this <laughs> okay. production, I'm assuming. There is one other. Oh, there is. Okay. Oh, do yeah. tell. What is... Yes. Uh-huh. Of particular interest to our audience, perhaps. <laughs> yes? Did Harry Styles break up Ted Lasso's perfect relationship? <gasps> Those of you who are really into science fiction and not into pop culture may not know that Libby Wilde uh, and Jason Sudeikis were a it couple mm-hmm. for many years. Yes. Often, you know, thought of as couples goals, right. as they say. They're both, like, both cute, both funny, both smart. The Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson of their generation. Very much so. Yeah. At some point, I believe, end of 2020, the timeline here is weird, mm-hmm. they announced that they were breaking up. Mm-hmm. Not too long after. <laughs> no, no. Maybe even potentially before. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, Olivia 
Wilde was spotted holding hands <gasps> with Harry Styles, uh-huh. I think, at a wedding, and that seemed like an odd first date. Yep. So it does appear if you there's like again whole websites devoted to the timeline and like public statements versus <laughs> photos versus leaks and yeah it, it and there's no question at all that they got it on like yeah. oh no, no. well they, now they're they had a thing yeah they, they definitely yeah yeah what's interesting is apparently that upset a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> which i do kind of wonder about cuz I don't think Hollywood folks are like prudish about. No, I don't. Fidelity. No, no, no. Or if they are, they're in the wrong business. What I gather is it made for a chaotic set. Yes. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've read various allegations. Oh, so you have read. I, okay. Yes, I come through. No, okay. what I what I read was that among other things, literally Wild and Styles would disappear at various times. Yes, so it wasn't so much yeah. the affair. It was the the time devoted, perhaps, to the affair. Their and, insatiable lust for each other. Yes. Which is an interesting thing on this set. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Definitely interesting. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very kind of weird. And I, I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. but I think that the movie might have suffered. <laughs> Entirely because possible. Because of this. Yeah. You know, can't can't say for sure, but there is a weird inconsistency to how our main characters are portrayed. That is a safe statement, yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Luckily, Florence Pugh acts fucking rings around Harry Styles, so, you know, it kind of gets taken care of. Mm -hmm. But, Dan, I don't know how much you like to talk about female orgasms, but... (laughs) I'm okay with talking about them. I think they're a good thing. I, I am pro-female orgasm. I am pro. I I also I would, am. Excellent. Excellent. We are on the same page, yes. And I know for sure that Olivia Wilde is because she's been talking about it a lot. Which is and weird. this is where the disconnect, this is sort yeah. of where the disconnect is in both what she's saying, what may have happened, well, may be very much connected to what happens on set, but then also what happens on screen and like mm-hmm. what she's trying to say. Right. Right? Yeah. So in interviews, she's been like, all happy to say that there are only female orgasms in this movie. There are no male orgasms in this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, now I'm wondering, is there a Bechdel test version I, of this? I mean, I, I'm just going to, I mean, she's right. And I yeah. noticed, I did, well, what I noticed was that Harry Styles doesn't receive pleasure. Right. Jack, and he only Jack gives the character it. of Jack never, or anyone else, Which no other man. Which yeah. weird. No, I mean... That's great. We want that. It's just... Do we? I mean, it, it's nice that... Don't get me wrong. I'm not against female I mean, orgasms. I don't, I don't want him not to get it. I mean, yeah, I yeah. want... I like centering female pleasure. Yeah. Great. No problem. Yes. No problem. Keep going. In terms of the movie itself and the plot and what it's trying to say about gender... Or the logic of the plot. Or the logic of the plot. Yeah. It's odd. Yep. Very. <laughs> totally weird. It's oh. almost as if the person making this movie... Mm-hmm. was thinking a lot about orgasms <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps having them. Maybe. There you perhaps go. on set. Who knows? Good for Who Harry. Knows? Good for Harry. Good for Olivia. <laughs> I'm glad there were orgasms on the set. Yes. I, I, mean, I, will, but I, I will add that this is, uh, you know, this is another weird thing, which is apparently, as you say, Olivia Wilde's been talking a lot about this. 
it's a component of the movie. I would hardly call it the center of the movie, and that's another. It, I, I, in other words, I'm Team Florence Pugh on this, but because she's apparently gotten been annoyed by. about this conversation. Yeah, uh, the quote I have here, when it's reduced to your sex scenes or to watch the most famous man in the world go down on someone, (laughs) it's not why we do it. It's not why I'm in the industry. Obviously, the nature of hiring the most famous pop star in the world, you're going to have conversations like that. That's just not what I'm going to be discussing because this movie is bigger and better than that. And the people who made it are bigger and better than that. And I will add that, you know, we're going to critique the, the crap out of this film, but I will say Pew's performance yeah. is so much more than just the sex scenes that like it uh, she's absolutely right in saying that and, it, and this film would be it rises and falls with her performance cut this, yeah. it says something you could completely cut them and the film might make more sense actually yeah possible yeah including the weird creepy chris well Pine we'll get to this yes thing yes. the sex scenes wind up being weirdly distracting mm-hmm. i think like from the point again they're well done you know although I had some questions about Harry Styles' positioning. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Yes, I did. We'll, we'll talk okay. about this. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't look like the right angle. No. That looks nope. like really weird. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, it wasn't just me. <laughs> we I'm should like, go to town. Ta- go to town. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like you're, it looks like you're tickling your belly button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we should get to the plot on it. Okay, all right. All right. All right. Let's We're let's actually get to the real. You poor people that haven't seen the movie and aren't going to see it. I, maybe they'll see it now. Like I hope so. You know. All right. Okay. All right. Plot. Fine. Let, plot. Fine. Let's get There's to. There's weirdly a lot of it. Yeah, there is. Actually. There shouldn't be. There should, <laughs> shouldn't be so much plot in this movie. Go ahead. All right, let's get to act one. Far from heaven, but close to victory. Alice seems to be living the mid-century dream. She and her husband Jack live in a lovely little cul-de-sac tucked away in the desert somewhere. Jack is a, quote, technical engineer, end quote, hard at work on, quote, the development of progressive materials, end quote, at Victory Headquarters. Sure, it's a bit isolated, and none of the wives can ask their husbands about the nature of their work, but all Alice has to do is maintain an impeccable house, entertain, shop, and let Jack bring her to watermelon sugar highs (laughs) on the dining room table at his boss's house pretty much everywhere. You're jealous of this life, Anna. Admit it. I mean, on one level, sure. (laughs) There are a few signs, however, that all might not be right with this world. Her friend Margaret seems to have had a case of the blues because she took her son and went wandering into the desert, and then the sun disappeared. I can't believe she's down and out about that. Oh, and occasionally the earth shakes. And then one morning, Margaret sees a plane go down in the mountains. She walks to find it and finds herself at the Victory Headquarters HQ. She passes out, experiences some visions that look like Esther Williams on LSD, and then wakes up back in her house with Jack as if nothing had happened at all. Anna, I will say that in terms of the movie, the first 20 minutes of this film were by far my favorite part. I like how everything was shot sort of in an uncomfortable close-up to really heighten the uneasiness. And to be honest, the film works better when you know that something is off, but you don't know why. I mean, the, the, the uneasiness in that first 20 minutes works. Unfortunately, in retrospect, it was a, a letdown. It works if you don't highly suspect what's coming. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, did someone suspect what was coming, Anna? Well, 
I believe one of the first notes I made was, yes. "Are is she going to M Night Shyamalan this?" <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and it, it literally, I, I sent Dan a picture of my notes. Mm-hmm. It's like the third thing I wrote down. I can confirm this, listeners. That it was the isolation. Actually, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is the village." It's like, a simulation, clearly, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. I mean, or something well, like that. Yeah. This is actually taking place in modern times, and mm-hmm. there's some reason why they're all isolated. Now. The movie is such that I got a lot of time to wonder what the exact <laughs> like <laughs> twist would be. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't foresee the exact matrixiness of it. Right. Like, yeah. But I was like, okay, clearly, like, there's some. I mean, clearly, Chris Pine is Jordan Peterson. I, I mean, that was sort of Jordan Peterson talks. If people who haven't, thank God, if you haven't listened to him. But one of his main things is chaos, mm-hmm. actually, chaos versus order, and women are chaos, and order is men, and obviously, which is better, you know, mm-hmm. and just the way that he talked. And I did laugh at the emptiness of it all, but that was another giveaway for me. Yeah. Like, the yeah. whole technical engineer and progressive materials and stuff. I'm like, this isn't a satire of tech. This is like, which would be great if it was, right? right? But that this wasn't what like, this was, yeah. This is like, clearly, like, a, a, they're hiding something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then Dan... This is supposed to be like late 1950s, early 1960s. I took it as mid 50s, but sure, yeah, mid 50s. Yeah, it's integrated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, here's where I will say this: like this was a case where the so fact these are not on Earth. <laughs> well, no, like there was a like this way. This is where the 2022 and I apologize for using this word woke culture might have helped like sustain the myth for me because I was wondering if this was just like a retcon kind of thing. In other words, it and. You know, the, yeah, the, I I think that I don't think you can retcon history. Like if there, I mean, I had the same. I was like, well, are she just trying to say that it should have been like this? Right. But then I mean, I'm the, like, no. It's in a way, it was like, no. It's way too obvious. Yeah, it's entirely fair. Yeah. Okay, and the other thing that gave it away, yes, is that all the women are gorgeous. <laughs> Every single one of them, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's Harry Styles and Chris Pine. <laughs> And everyone else. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. And I'm going to defend... The- and I, I mean, not uh, unattractive. Like, the, the, the new couple but that comes along. The new, that guy was yeah, handsome. I, actually, know. I thought about him. Nah, I mean, again, yeah, put yeah. anyone next to Chris Pine and Harry Styles okay, that's you're going to yeah. have a letdown. Yeah. And, right? and one of the husbands is played by Nick Kroll, who actually looks better in this movie than I've often seen him, but nonetheless is Nick Kroll. Is Nick Kroll yeah. fascinating, brilliant person? Right. Olivia Wilde put him next to Harry Styles. Yeah, not not, not hunk a hunk of burning love. Yeah, you know, but, not yeah. maybe even kind. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So, but it was it just stood out to me that like all these women were drop dead gorgeous and that men were kind of like again not unattractive. Right, but just but, it's one of the few things that actually does make sense with the larger plot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. All right. On. Let's move on to Act Two. As it was. It was pretty disturbing. Alice receives a phone call from Margaret, who claims to have experienced the same things Alice did. Alice tries to dismiss her own doubts, but keeps experiencing weird moments. I'd say my favorite, which admittedly is way on the nose, but when she's like cleaning the window and like suddenly the the hallway like compresses and pushes her face up against the glass. That was a good effect. I like that. The Saran Wrap one is also on oh, the nose, that's, yeah, but yeah. I thought I found very disturbing. Yeah, yeah. So. She keeps experiencing weird moments and so goes to Margaret's house and finds her standing on the roof. 
Margaret, seeing Alice, slits her own throat and falls. Alice is dragged away by men in literal red shirts before she can reach Margaret's body. Alice tries to talk to Jack about all of this, but he dismisses her version of the story and says Margaret simply fell and is recovering. The company physician, Dr. Collins, corroborates Jack's story and attempts to give Alice prescription drugs. Alice feels increasingly out of sorts and paranoid. During a special victory event at which Frank gives Jack a special promotion, we'll get back to this, Alice breaks down in the bathroom and is comforted by her friend Bunny. Alice attempts to tell her what happened to Margaret, but Bunny reacts angrily, accusing Alice of being selfish while Frank is getting his big promotion. Anna, I think one unintentionally clever thing about this film is that Florence Pugh acts so much better than Harry Styles. And by this, I mean she is spectacular. It is impossible not to pay attention to her on the screen. Styles is not bad. He's just sort of, just more two-dimensional. And indeed, as you said, in some ways, it's not just the men are, are not as attractive. All the men in the cast, except for Chris Pine, are sort of two-dimensional. And I think this weirdly works in service of the actual plot reveal. Do, would you agree with that? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's a... Some of the most interesting things about this movie, I think, are unintentional. Right. <laughs> like, the most interesting critiques it has and, like, observations yeah. are, are seem to be accidental. And one of them is that, yes, the, the men seem interchangeable. Right. As much as the women do, right? Yeah. The husbands are as interchangeable as the women, except for Chris Pine yeah. and Alice and Harry Styles. And I did wonder... Like, how it is that Jack gets to be the only hot one. <laughs> like, I mean, did he pay? Oh, oops. Did he pay extra? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Was it an upgrade or something? <laughs> I do think Chris Pine is, doesn't, I think he he is Florence Pugh's equal here. Oh, yes. Like, no, that I agree with. And in fact, the best scene in this film in, is the one I'm going to talk about in a second. Right. But like, it's the scene with Pine and Pugh in the kitchen. That is. Yeah. That is electric in a way that none Makes of the scenes the with Harry Styles are. Make even more less sense. Like yeah. it throws a huge wrench into the plot. Yeah. But great scene. Yeah. Totally great scene. Yeah. I I wanted to say about Florence Pugh though. Yeah, she is just magnetic. Oh. Harry Styles is better than you would. I, see, that sounds like such faint praise. I think he's actually pretty good. No, I, and again, like, I, I think he has a future here. I, like, yes, I, I agree. He's an actor. He's not. He's yeah. not just a singer trying to do this. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, and in some ways, this is also the way the the plot works and so forth. You can't take your eyes off of Florence Pugh, right? Um, and part of this also, I mean, actually, yeah, I could, I, I dragged him over to Harry Styles. Uh, okay, fair enough. And, and I don't, I, I don't mean. <laughs> but by the way, I want to be very clear. I don't mean this in the sense of she's extremely attractive because she is extremely attractive. Right. But I mean, no. like, just watching her facial reactions and like the actual yeah. acting that she's doing. Is and she's just inhabiting it in yeah. this much deeper way. It's just yeah. another level of, of presence. Yeah, and yeah. it, and, and again, it to the extent that this film works at all, it is entirely due. To Florence yeah. Pugh and Chris Pine, I will I absolutely grant that. Yeah. But like, in some ways, that's what the tell about this movie. Like, they're they're actors working at one level, then they're actors working at a slightly smaller level, and that's the, the thing yeah. that's striking. Yeah. All right, let's get to Act Three. It was the podcaster all along. Alice and Jack host a dinner for Frank and friends, and at first, it seems like Alice is back to her old self. While she's in the kitchen, however, Frank comes in and goads her about the fact that something is off in victory and she should push him more. What follows is an uncomfortable dinner scene in which Alice points out all of the artifice surrounding their particular village. Frank gaslights her in response, making her look delusional to the other guests. After everyone else leaves, Alice begs Jack to leave victory and he agrees only to also be gaslighting Alice because the red shirts come and take her away. 
Subjected to electroshock therapy, Alice has visions of another life, which suggests the big reveal. In this alternative life, we are in the present day. Alice is a neurosurgery resident with a schmuck of a boyfriend, played by Styles, who can't even do simple things like make dinner or get the hot water fixed. All he does is listen to a Victory podcast that sounds way too damn much like Jordan Peterson. We soon see that Victory is actually a virtual simulation. Jack has kept Alice prisoner and forced her into the simulation Matrix style in the hopes that they can lead a perfect life together? Waiting. Waiting to talk about plot holes. Yes, okay. Anna, we're going to get to the plot holes in a second, and they are big. Um, gritting my teeth. For now, however, I will give Olivia Wilde pops for making Styles look like a massive loser when he appears as present day Jack. He just looks really scruffy. At least that was my opinion. So, like, I, I, you can agree, disagree with this. I'm curious. I, I think the essential Harry Styles kind of sh- like shown through. Oh, really? Okay. Although, I mean, I guess they must have used CGI because he did look a little schlubby. He looked. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he looks well, a little schlubby. The facial and hair he had also. An American like accent. I actually really appreciated the retconning of his British accent. Like, did he I, have an I, American I, accent? Wait a minute. He so did. I he have did. to admit, like, part because part of the thing is, I was watching the first half of the movie was like, is he playing British or is he trying to play British no, with he, an, Ameri- no, or, like, an American? No, they do the thing. So when we find out that he's in the simulation, they, he lists British. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he says he wants to be British. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that's kind of clever. Yeah, that's like that's a weird attention to detail yes. in a movie that sometimes pays no attention to detail. That was the other frustrating <laughs> like, thing about this film. There are times just where... just have him be British? Yeah. Who knows? There like, are times where they provide <laughs> exceptional amounts of detail and then there are massive areas where like, don't pay any attention to that part. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. I also was going to say that anyone who listens to a Jordan Peterson podcast already like looks schlubby no matter yeah. what their physical appearance. So <laughs> Fair enough. There, you can be you can be drop dead gorgeous and be listening to like one of those idiots and your attractiveness you know takes a nosedive all right let's finish this plot so we can tear it to shreds okay. <laughs> act four alice goes through the looking glass back in victory alice finally puts all of the pieces together when she hears jack humming an earworm and realizes what jack has actually done Jack defends himself, claiming that she was miserable in her real life, and furthermore, he has to work every day just to be able to afford their virtual existence. So, like, apparently the way it works is that when all the men are going off to work, they're actually also, like, unplugging, going to work in the real world so they can pay for this simulation. He hugs her and begs forgiveness, but then starts to strangle her. Alice takes a whiskey glass and cold cocks him. Bunny stops by and exposits to Alice very quickly that because she killed Jack in the simulation, by the iron laws of the Matrix, he's dead in real life as well. Bunny says she's always known it's a simulation, but the other women do not. Bunny is there by choice because her real kids are dead and she can stay in victory and tend to her fake computer children because apparently none of the children in the simulation are real. Bunny tells Alice to get in the car car and flee to headquarters because it's an exit portal from the simulation. As she leaves, she starts displaying Neo-like powers, and the other wives begin to realize what's happening. Frank's wife, Shelley, stabs him to death. Alice drives Jack's car to headquarters, evading the red shirts and ignoring a vision of Jack, begging her to stay. The movie cuts to black with the sound of Alice gasping for air, likely waking up from the simulation, next to Jack's dead body, I can only assume. All right, Anna. Still let's... in restraints. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. No, 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 no. Now is the time, Anna. <laughs> let us get to the plot holes in this film. I've got a long list of them, but you want it, you go first and then we'll, we'll go back to me. Well, I was like, I sometimes wish we could, we taped the visual of us doing this because <laughs> while Dan was going through this last quarter of the plot, like I was just like, 
making faces and gestures of disbelief. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? All of this. This happens right? a fair amount, <laughs> listeners, where, like, I'm trying to describe the plot as faithfully as the movie, like, is presenting it, even though it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> and Anna's waving her hands, looking at me like, what the fuck? What? What is that? Why? 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 You know like, what? Let's, just, let, okay. let's alternate. Okay. Here, okay. We'll do it this way. All right. So, All right. Okay. First of all, just a simple one. Why in the hell does Alice see a biplane crash into the mountain in the first place? I have no idea why why that would be the case. It doesn't make any sense. It, okay, see, deep breath. The yeah. underlying problem here mm-hmm. is the failure to explain exactly what it is is going on in the simulation, right? right? Like... There's not even a hand wave. There's not even like it's high tech. It's high tech and just works. I mean, we see know? visually. Like, we see like we do see Florence Pugh like in like this thing the, that looks like something. We don't from, get the limits of it. Yeah, we like, don't know how. Apparently, it works. so yeah. the kids are entirely artificial intelligence, right? And so are some other people. I assume they're like but, NPCs, for lack of a better way of putting it. Right. In the, yeah. In right. The, right. Right. Yeah. Right. NPCs, but except the kids seem like hard to make true NPCs. Like you have to have some degree of like real character to them to make them real and then if everything's in the simulation then how does something like the biplane happen right like in the matrix there are occasional glitches and they explain in the matrix like what those they're like yeah the matrix actually has a coherent plot and a very clever way of describing like what deja vu is or other things you know totally makes sense this has where does the biplane come from like you wouldn't need much either right to be like i don't know chris pine like Hat likes biplanes himself. Like I don't know. Like yeah. I mean, there's some they they figure into the real world in some way, or there's some they're a defragging program, right? For the, like, there's for one the of a computer, million things you, know? you can introduce as to why that happens. It just goes unexplained. What's yours on it? Why do the wives do anything when the husbands aren't around? Like, I'm I'm serious because like if they're there to basically just like provide this perfect life for the husband Mm -hmm. like why aren't they just like dormant i think i I mean i I mean it's just are they supposed to have these fulfilling i mean i think that maybe this isn't a plot hole for you but it kind of is for me like they put a lot of time and energy into like have these women have these whole lives right well so this is is kind of great but that's not what the the men don't want that well this this is is all about the incel fantasy Right. So this is the part that makes no sense, or this is one of the many parts that make no sense to me, because this is supposed to be presumably an incel fantasy. Right. I think the presumption by the incel is that by having a woman play this traditional 1950s housewife role, they're actually going to be happy. Okay. Um, and that, right. that, that, was, that is a question that you have answered a question for me that the movie does not. Right. That was my presumption. And I think that's, you know, and, and in some ways that comes up when Jack explains to Alice, you were miserable in your modern life. We'll get right, to that in a right, bit. Right. But like, and so I kind of get that. It would have been, here, oh, go ahead. And here's where that we get, there's so many flashes of what could have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. Right. And would have been a more interesting movie. And they, Harry Styles almost does this. And the movie almost does this is to make Harry Styles a, a sympathetic character. Right. Right. Is yeah. to make Jack, you, that you understand why he's doing what he's doing and yeah. that he does genuinely feel like he's given her a better life. Right. They retcon that into his last explanation, but, it's, but it would have been interesting to like have him really believe yeah. that this is something that she wanted. Right. right. 
even though there's no possible way she could have wanted this. That, no possible way. Even, even, also, as, yeah, even as the way the film tries to sack the deck. It's like, What's she no. doing with the loser? I mean, yes, thank yeah. you. No, no, okay, so yes. Let's, like maybe that's the bigger plot hole here, right? No, so this was, there's a selection effect. I mean, I've been with some losers, so I mean, okay. I shouldn't, shouldn't Well, this was the thing. So there was, a, I have multiple questions at this point. So first, okay. Jack is unemployed, but he is somehow able to get a job to do this. That's the premise that, like, you know, the fundamental problem in their modern relationship is that she is this high-powered neurosurgeon. He is unemployed. Resident, at least, right? Resident, but but will be one, you know. He is unemployed and can't seem to do anything. He can't rouse himself to get a job normally, but he can rouse himself to get a job so he can put her in this simulation? That doesn't... And here's, like, we can... I can create an answer to that question for you. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Which is that he's more motivated now that Uh, he can... Right. Maybe. But the movie does not show us that. The movie does not tell us that. Right. The movie is like completely. I mean, we hear a little bit like he possibly there's some I don't even call it hand waving. It's like a, <laughs> a whisper of explanation. Right. Yeah. It's like a what is smaller than a hand wave. It's it's like a, a finger wave. wag. A finger wag. Yes. Finger, finger wag. wag. A finger wag. I like that. Go, go, go. Yeah. At the fact that Jack lost a job. Right. And yes. that was probably emasculating to him. Sure. Which, by the way, raises the other question of, I kept wondering, so is this the typical relationship? Are all the husbands in this simulation coping with a similar problem of being married to workaholic spouses or spouses who are out earning them? You you raise an interesting question, Dan. Yes? If this is an incel fantasy. Right. Why are there wives there? At I all? don't know. Like this, we, the moment everyone started <laughs> I mean, talking about there, incel, how do they have wives? Yeah, because the definition of an incel, if people don't know, mm-hmm. it's the involuntarily celibate. Right. Literally, do not have partners. Yeah, that is like the definition of an incel is someone who does not have a romantic partner. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I got, no, it doesn't make any sense in that sense. It, 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 I mean, like this way, weirdly, it's unfair to Jordan Peterson, is the way I would put it. It's, I, wow. Uh, you he know? feels the same way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know. That was, pro- yeah. the, the only good thing this movie has produced beyond the, the, the tons of gossip was the, the yeah. there is a video clip, listeners, that you, I, Anna will put this in the mailbag, of Jordan <laughs> Peterson crying because it was pointed out to him that, that the Chris Pine character is based on him. Personally, I mean, like, if you, if I was a dude and there was a Chris Pine character yeah. based on me, I'm, I might be flattered, personally. I, I, if Chris Pine also, wants to play me, I am down with that. That's all I'm Also, saying. dear listeners, someone on Twitter was like, you shouldn't make fun of people crying and have their fe- her, her feelings hurt. Jordan Peterson's an exception, and he cries really easily. Oh, he really does. He cries just like, it's a total I mean, snowflake. someone could be chopping onions halfway across the globe and, and you're going to get sniffles from yes. Jordan Peterson. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, can't, I can't remember who's, who's turn I think it's your turn. About. Yes, your turn. Okay. What, what is another plot hole? Why do the men lose their jobs when their wives find out that it's a simulation? Lose their jobs. Like, how is it? Oh, that made sense to me. That I, I assume, which, in other words, I'm assuming in the case of Margaret, for example, that she okay. either died. Okay, well, or, that, well, okay, well, 
still have questions. Okay, but I'm assuming that she died or that she, you know, in other words, was actually, but now that I think about it, you're right. There's a valid question. Well, why wouldn't he stay in the simulation and get like a AI wife or something? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like, it's because they're uh, not the, quite. The question of why don't they have AI wives is actually the one I'm saying like. So I, there is a with. slight hint at the answer to this, which is that if you remember the very beginning of the movie, uh, Alice and, and Bunny are talking about the kids, Frank and, and um, Teresa's kids or Frank and, and Gemma Chan's right. kids and talks about how creepy they are. Yeah. And oh, that's right. That yeah. I actually kind of thought, okay, in retrospect, that kind of makes sense. Because if they're AI kids, they would be creepy. They wouldn't quite be like Again, correct. We're doing so much work. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a lot of work for this movie. You know, we could have like totally done here. Yeah. All, all right, right. So a couple small ones for me. What are the earthquakes supposed to represent? I don't know. Makes that it one. never explained. And also, there's a scene where, as I said, the doctor wants to prescribe pills and. Alice takes a file about Margaret out of the briefcase. Why the fuck does he have that file in there? That makes no sense. Like, it, 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 it again, just doesn't, I don't and understand. And also, like, I mean, we're forced to kind of overlay the rules of the Matrix movies right, exactly. yeah. on this because yeah. they don't give us anything, Yeah. right? And so it's like, there could be a reason, I guess, like the matrix reason, like he ha- it's a part of his program. He has right. to have it, like, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But we nothing. We don't know what symbolizes anything, or like what. Right. Again, the like rules said, are left unexplained. Like yes. I said, sort of. Ran, I mean, it came, came to me randomly. Like the red plane could be a defragging program. Right. right? Yeah. You can invent way, reasons for people to have shit like, or this. even a software upgrade. Something. Something right. simple. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. whatever. But he, so he could have a reason to be carrying it around that was a reason inside the simulation. Like it's just part of his document like whatever like this character always has his simulation always carries with it but then like how wouldn't he know if it got stolen and also why was it all blacked out yeah exactly also how do pills work right i how do how does drinking work how does pregnancy work yes okay so that was right because there's one of the characters (laughs) is pregnant is she supposed to be pregnant the whole time because like clearly that's the other thing this only works for childless couples i'm assuming like there's no way a real couple of the real world could have right. children and then do uh, this. Again, if it is an incel fantasy, yeah, yeah. then of course they don't have kids. Right, right. Right? But oh, I, 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 you, you have to, I'm wintered incapable of speech. I, and the la- <laughs> I will say, the la- so the last huge plot hole for me was like, so there's this intricate simulation Enterprise that apparently has no fail-safe system in case someone, one of the women, realizes what's going on. In other words, like, there is no security situation to actually, like, there was no guard posted right outside the door. Like, that was the part that made... And how, also, they keep referring to his Victory HQ, and I'm like, yeah. that seems like a deserted building to me. Right, like, exactly. It's like, what, what the fuck, how, how do we know it's Victory HQ? Why would it be there? Right. Why would, You what, would just why? put a simple password program right there. Like, it just strikes me as, like, so easy to prevent that, and yet, nope, nope, yeah. nope. <sighs> I have a few more. Oh, go ahead, please. How is it that Jack is such a terrible cook? <laughs> I just, I mean, small. Oh, I thought he was doing that on purpose. Okay. Although, actually, he was such a simp in the real world that I can totally, like, he he literally couldn't make dinner. I believe he can't cook in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know. Like, actually, so when that scene plays out and he's just making a fucking mess and, like, chaos in the kitchen, I was almost, I thought for sure 
Alice would do what I would do, which is say, get the fuck out of the kitchen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're making it worse. <laughs> like, we'll order takeout. I mean, you know? the, the only thing I will it say... It seemed like, like, was it aggressively, like, to put in her face, you're the only one that can do this? Yeah, I was going to say, the one the one explanation is that it sort of aggressively reinforces the stereotype. Right. Or reinforces roles, if it makes any sense. Well, I was saying, like, why can't they just jack it into him like kung fu, right? Right, but he if he can cook, can cook, then but, suddenly right. her role is as... Okay. Yeah. And speaking of skills. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Harry Styles dancing. That I enjoy. There is a very weird scene. Yes. Listeners, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> very odd. Yeah. Just bizarre. Which make also any in the context of the larger plot makes no fucking sense oh, whatsoever. Nope. Like and he gets a promotion. I mean, what the hell does the promotion like, mean in this there context? There was some shit going on that I was like, is there some homoerotic stuff happening yeah, here? Yeah. Like I had some like, oh, maybe this is part of the gender role fuckery. Like there's sort of like a objectification of, of men as well. Well, it's like no, a culty thing, whatever. I thought. Yeah. It's just, I guess. But so Harry Styles is, gets a promotion question mark which yeah we don't know what that means maybe (laughs) giving like upgrade his status i have no idea what the promotion who knows what that would mean yeah yeah and then is quasi red shoes style forced to dance (laughs) yes like it's really like it's creepy like harry styles is is an amazing dancer and he's he's does a great job but it has a very red shoes feel to it right like yeah it's it visually arresting. It's visually, it's the most visually interesting you see Harry Styles in this, in the entire movie. It's like, it's when he yeah. gets to be like the most interesting. But like, when, once the reveal was clear, I was like, wait, so what was that scene about? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes on for a long time. It really does. It goes on for yeah. a long time, which, you know, again, Harry Styles dancing. Okay. But it, it's, there's, there's, like, there's this part where Chris Pine's like, make him turn. Let's right. make him it's spin. Like, Let's yes. make him spin, which makes it red shoesy and makes it like, can he stop? It was like, make the stop? monkey is, dance. Yeah. Is it, is this punishment of some kind? Right. I, you know, I have no idea. Like, and that's also what made me think of like jacking in Kung Fu or whatever. Cause yeah. I don't believe Jack in the real world can dance like that. Right, let me put it this way. It was one of those things where I stopped thinking about it being Jack, and it was just, oh, Harry Styles can sing and dance. Of course he can. Yeah, right. Like, but yeah. you're right. In terms of character consistency, it made no sense. Yeah. And then I, since we started talking about it earlier, her getting so many orgasms is weird. <laughs> yes. In terms of the film. So, I, like, this might be <laughs> we where... We mentioned it up top before we gave away the real reveal and stuff. Okay. I'm just bringing us back to, like... I have a theory. Great, but... I do have a theory about this, and I, but it requires okay. tweaking things, which is first... Even if the, the Chris Pine character is model and Jordan Peterson, let's allow that maybe it's not exactly incels. Maybe <laughs> it's just men who feel completely inadequate. And okay. it makes sense to me that you would create this program or create this world where one of the things you can do is actually bring your partner to orgasm because maybe you're having some difficulties doing that in the real world. Ooh, oh, I see. So that yes. would be one possibility. The other possibility, and I apologize for being gross here, but it might also be that by bringing a woman to to you know climax in the simulation, it's less messy than if you yourself do so. Oh god! Oh god! Oh Dan, now you've made me remember the thing that I another plot hole. Is oh no! What what what? Which is so? If this is Matrix style jacking in, yeah. in that they have to be they're like in the real world comatose, yeah. right? Does he, does she have a catheter? She does. does she I wear think diapers? You, you see like an IV, I but think, yes, hook up there like, very but briefly. But for using the bathroom. I'm assuming there's a bedpan underneath her, but I don't know. 
Like, and then, by the right. way, I, I will, I will add. And how does her muscle, muscles not atrophy? I don't know. Like, like there was a. No, does no one miss her? There is a, yes, that's, well, that was the other problem of, like, suddenly Florence, like, the character, dis- like, her character disappears from the real world. The neurosurgeon, like, the hospital is not going to be curious about this? That made no sense. Oh. Um, you know. Here, I, I can bring up, sorry, I meant to say this up top, which is that there is an alternate ending, or there's an ending that was in the original script oh, that addresses a little bit of this. Oh, which was what? There's more time spent on, the Chris Pine character doesn't exist, but there is, it is like the idea of the simulation, yeah, and, yeah. and okay. men join the simulation. Fair enough. Know, I do uh, like the addition of the Chris Pine character. I thought that that, that was a good oh, move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if only, yeah. If, for only that, like, yes. Yeah, fair enough. But Better script. Right. But... In the in the original script, what happens is Bunny does reveal she's pretty the same. She does actually wind up in a mental hospital, maybe uh. again in this t- case, or it's just the first time, whatever. Bunny goes to visit her, oh. confirms that it's all an illusion, but then tells her that there is an exit portal in the mental hospital that she's in. Okay. And the final scene is like her trying to find, like rushing towards... As I remember this from my reading, is her rushing towards the exit portal, or but we don't to find see anything portal. from like the actual world in this in this in the original screen. No, I think you do, but it's oh, just okay. the ending is different. Oh, fair enough. In that we're not well. There's a little more. Expl- I guess there's more explanation given. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if it's all that th- different though, because basically the only difference is that she has to go to Victory HQ, and there's there's the nice car chase and so forth. But uh, is which that- I was like. One of my notes is like, what does even a car chase mean in virtual reality? Yeah, like yeah, again, what yeah. is really hap- Like, what is happening? I know, I know. No, in true. in virtual reality, like, what is again? We ha- you are forced. If the Matrix didn't exist, this movie would be even more infuriating. By the way, this is something else. I there is a very brief shot of Florence Pugh in this like sort of equipment that puts her is putting her under, yeah. and I actually laughed when I saw it because she still looks amazing, which of course <laughs> makes no goddamn sense if she's actually in this, you know, like at least again, credit to the matrix. It's making me appreciate how good the matrix was. Like when you see people in the real world in the matrix, they look different from their idealized self image as it were. Oh, <laughs> Dan, we've been asking so many questions yes. about this movie. Yes. There is a big one I need to ask you. Oh, oh, well, please go ahead. Is there IR in it? Anna, <laughs> there is beauty in control, and the enemy of progress is chaos, which is a fancy way of saying there is no IR in this film because it is too chaotic <laughs> to contain anything cogent about world <laughs> politics. And I'm serious about this. If I worked really hard, and we've been working really hard, Anna, to, to discuss the plot holes in this film... Maybe I could suggest it says something about the fragility of patriarchal, even Foucauldian forms of power. Vladimir Putin. But <laughs> the limits of surveillance. Limit, yeah, exactly. But the plot holes are so massive that I don't think it says anything intelligent about it. And I think our listeners are too smart for that. I, I just <laughs> do. I'm not going to bore you with anything. There, there was very little about IR, except, again, the fragility of trying to create this sort of universe where, you know, it can collapse apparently with just one person realizing that it's a simulation. So I really have nothing more. But and which does, however, lead to an important question that I need to ask you, Anna. Yes, Dan. Is there a critique of capitalism in this film? <laughs> the voice breaked there. <laughs> Dan, this movie's politics are as clear and as suffocating 
as a saran wrap face mask. <laughs> Which was really disturbing, I gotta say. Yes. There is an implied and perhaps unintentional critique of capitalism about how the, the playground of patriarchy is defined by consumerism, mm-hmm. right? And patriarchy is indeed in this movie a consumer product. Right. They're all right? paid to go to victory. They are paying to, they have purchased their gender roles yeah. off the rack pretty much, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But obviously, Wilde is really trying to say something about gender. Inception based. Boom, boom. But what is she saying? <laughs> gender roles are bad. They're bad, Dan. Gender roles are bad. Oh. Don't make people play gender roles. Which, 50 years ago, right. would have been a really newish ish 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 like 50 years ago when the stepford wives came out perhaps yes i mean like or whatever like yeah feminism goes back even further than that right Right. yeah it is not a new thing and she does it stylishly right like she does say this very old thing very stylishly but the thing is like we have more to say about gender roles now right yeah and it is interesting this movie comes so close to being more interesting <laughs> than it is. Right. One of the thoughts I had when I was like trying to figure out like what is the twist here, like yeah. what's the exact twist, is are the men also brainwashed? Right. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Are they also not aware they're in a simulation that they've they're also inhabiting a gender role, which would you know play up the fact that gender roles are constructed, right, right? and that we all inhabit gender roles somewhat against our will True. you know that we're all kind of forced into them. I, I mean I, yeah like I, can I just put like there are two other ways it could have been interesting one also would have been is if the women actually enjoyed to some extent their gender roles like that's genuinely subversive if to say like i enjoy being a physics i don't th- I, again i don't think it's sustainable I, but like anna makes very i know i quizzical know. face i mean well, what you could do is sort of say that there's an exchange for it, right? Right, like, exactly. And that's sort of implied here, but this is like the very old critique, which yeah. is that like this is a trade-off. We are all making trade-offs when right. we do this. And there are trade-offs that are enforced upon us. Right. They are not trade-offs that we are willingly making, yeah. right? Like it, there is, because Florence Pugh is Florence Pugh, there is a very moving, when when Harry, when Harry, I keep on calling him Harry Styles because he's, he's Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah. But so when Jack you says, you were miserable back then, you, you hated your life. And she <laughs> says, it was my life. Right. Right. And by the way, like, even if she was somewhat miserable, like, this is just an awful solution to it. And and the other interesting challenge would have been, and in some ways this would have played off the Frank sort of goading Alice, would have been that Frank had created this world. He might be a sexist and so forth. But he was maybe he was bored and actually did want. The yeah, that's of, what, like, there was a plot hole. Someone that I, I, I so there were so many times when you were going through the plot that I thought of plot yeah. holes, but I was like, just I got oh, was trying to wait. Uh. But the, 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 we mentioned this, that the whole scene in the kitchen that's so great makes no sense. It is great. Because right. why does he want to be challenged? Like, what's going on? Because he says he wants to be challenged. And then also it completely, yeah. like, he winds up, it winds up showing her up and sending her yeah. to the, almost to, well, yes, to the, the electromagnetic. Yes, exactly. The electroshock. Thing again. Thing. Is, is yeah. he just trying to goad her into revealing the fact it, it's weird. It's just very odd. It's very odd. And one of the ways that yeah. I knew that the men weren't also brainwashed, although, again, we all are actually brainwashed into our gender roles, <laughs> was I was like, well, then what would the point of this be? <laughs> Unless right. we had all lost a war to AIs, right? So then we're just... <laughs> it really, really was, was the Matrix. Matrix. I, yes. I tried, though. I tried yeah. to think about, like, okay, so what if is this... Is this what would be a way that 
we would have a situation where everyone thinks that they're inhabiting this. Like, what would be the point? And I only could come up with, like, there's some way that the Chris Pine character is, like, just an evil mask. It would, it would have to be just, like, evil right. mastermind it would have had to been, shit. Yeah, it, it would have required the Chris Pine character. It would have required Frank to be fleshed out in a different way, and that's not yeah. what happens. So it's unfortunate. And now... Oh, wait. Oh, I see a biplane. It's crashing. Bye, biplanes. Oh, my God. I must go see <laughs> if I can help. I must oh, travel go. miles and miles we... across the desert in my high-heeled shoes. F- in my fancy, fancy dress. dress. Don't forget the dress. And still look great yes. on the other side. A little sweaty, perhaps. Exactly. But, but right. great. But still awesome. We are, yeah. in fact, in the debris field. Uh, where we talk about things we didn't get a chance to talk about, even though we have now gone over an hour, Dan. This is an unusual... We usually have our internal clock just right on time. We had... You know what? I don't care. It it, it this prompted it prompts yes. discussion. Uh, so what yes. did we miss, Dan? What did we miss? Just a couple of things on my end. So first of all, I, I hate to say this, what a waste of Gemma mm-hmm. Chan. So Gemma Chan plays Frank's wife. The only other question, by the way, I was curious... So she kills Frank in the end. Why? We don't know why. What? Well, I mean, so, why? Like, yes. There's but... one of there was one of two possibilities. One, she too was being imprisoned right. and didn't know it was a simulation. I think the more intriguing possibility is that she did know it was a simulation, and was in fact like Frank's Phyllis Schlafly or something. That I would have like wanted to have seen more. Much of, more interesting said. movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like that could have been to have a Phyllis Shafley character. I love that. I would have been, love that. that would Maybe have been, sort of Handmaid's Tale, you. but exactly with the simulation. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But again, uh, yeah, that's Gemma an Chan interesting movie. Like Handmaid's Tale in a simulation. Right. Exactly. Go. You know how I knew this was a bad utopia, yeah. Hannah. There were no oh. dogs. No dogs anywhere. It was just awful. You, you know why? Because um, dogs why? would be harder to program than kids. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Because <laughs> dogs are different, Dan. Dogs have personalities. <laughs> oh, 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 Anna. You should get canceled for that. All right. I did like the line at the very beginning of winner, winner, cigarette yeah. dinner. I, I was just amused by that. And then finally, I, I, this is just, I think we're in agreement on this. Chris Pine is hitting middle age. I think he's over 40 at this point. He's going to be so good for the next 20 years of roles he plays. Like, you know, I, I was thinking, because I watched him in All the Old Knives uh, about a, a week or two ago, and it, again, he's just, a, like Florence Pugh, just a compelling thing to a you know, person to watch on screen. And he's very good in this as well. And I again, think he has been good, yeah. but I think yeah. he is, you know, of the minor, he's a minor Chris rather than a major Chris. And I do think that his ascendancy <laughs> into middle age will make him one of the major Chris's. Perhaps I, that's my point, I think, yes. One of the few Chris's that survives, really. It's possible. He could be one of the... But, like, it, like this way, I hope Chris Pine continues to play ra- not just leads but also character roles because he's so good in them. He, re- um, he really is. Like, I, I, we've, said it, we've said it a lot, but um, if yeah. you're going to go see this movie, this, if you're counting the reasons, the pros and cons, his performance and Florence Pugh's performance are... The top yeah. two. And then yeah. the sets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's three. That's okay. pretty much it. Uh, also to make right. fun of it. All right, Anna, what do you have? So let's see. I have here something I noticed that also gave away to me that it wasn't really, quote unquote, really uh, set in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. There's no church and no talk of church. Oh, good point. Thank you. Yes. Okay. The decor really is amazing. Just like it, it yeah. is, there is so much attention to detail in, de- in the decor and the set design that 
I guess that's what she was doing with her time. Maybe that's what she was doing with Harry Styles is, in fact, discussing (laughs) the set decor. Uh, I love this image of the two of them, like, in one of their trailers looking through cameras. Looking at swatches. Oh, yeah. Swatches. Yeah, exactly. Um, One thing I noticed is that the pens match the decor. There's a scene where where Alice answers the telephone. There's, like, a little note-taking station in front of her, and the pens are all Mm -hmm. various colors of, of the living room. So... Oh, here's a question. Where yeah. did the money come from to create all this? That was a question I had to myself. Damn if I know. Yeah, yeah. At one point when I was thinking that it was somehow real, maybe maybe this was a village type situation and not actually a simulation. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I, I started to think it was simulation is where would you get all this period appropriate stuff? <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes, that would have been difficult to pull off. And then I guess I, again, because it was disturbing to me, what happens to the bodies in the real world? Like not just, I mean, both while they're in the Matrix and then after they like how, like you said, why do they die when they're in the Matrix? What right. happens? What do they die of? You know. Also, we're told Bunny says at one point that like in the real world they're going to be. They're sending like red shirts to her actual house, and we don't know how that plays. Yeah, out there's and, like just like that. There is yeah. um, a, a couple of pieces on the internet about why that ending is unsatisfying, which is a sort of interesting. Like, okay, it's unsatisfying, but why? And it just points out yeah. that unlike there are movies that end without resolution, right? That mm-hmm. have these endings where like, well, we don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. I think like Twelve Monkeys is sort of a, an example, I believe. Like. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, but you Ooh, you have point, it all yeah. set up though. Like what you have is like a, exactly. a lot of the different variables are different than they were in the movie that you just watched, but right. they, you are set for a next chapter. Like you have the underlying kind of logic mm-hmm. and the choices that face that person. In this particular case, we are just don't know so much. Like yeah. there is just. It's just goes it it's unexplained and it's not unexplained in an, in a good that's not the important parts of this like if you're going to do this reveal you have to have done the rest of the world building and there it just they yeah. didn't do it. So all in all definitely go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already I really hope that if you're at this end of the podcast you've made up your mind whether you're going to see it. I actually hope you've seen it because you will, I think you'll enjoy the yes. podcast more. I hope you're watching it while watching. I hope you're listening to this while watching You can listen to it twice. The movie yes. is two hours there long. There you go. That's true. <laughs> true. Fair point. Fair point. All right, Dan. Let's see. So we have coming up uh, the foundation, which you're right, I suggested because I'm curious about yep. what you will have to say about it. I hated it. Okay. Spoiler alert. I, I hated it. We'll let you know. Um, I'm okay. reading it again. Because I care so much about what Dan thinks. Because I am so interested in Dan's opinion about it. I am going to read it again because I read it. Oh, now you're making me think that I'm in a simulation, Anna. (laughs) Uh, And we we have actually decided somewhat on the fly we're going to do Andor, which I will tell the story once again that I watched the trailer for that twice, wondering where the Ewoks were. Oh, yes. Happy. Oh, they're going to do a sequel set on the planet where the Ewoks are from. Watching the sequel, watching the trailer play out, I'm like, wow, there's sure a lot of humans on the Ewok planet. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I love it. 
There's a lot of humans. I guess they must have come and settled the Ewok planet after the the events of Empire Strikes Back. Huh. Wow. Uh, Huh. But we will do it. No Ewoks. Perhaps I am not understanding (laughs) the title of this series. (laughs) I thought it was a correct surmise. I I googled it. I was was like... I was like, I am right, right? Like, the name of their planet is Andor. Uh, it is not. It is Indor. It's, it's it not. is Indor. It's, it's the for- Also, not a planet. It's a forest moon. It's a moon, forest moon. You're correct. Thank you. But I, do you understand yes, my sorry. confusion? I do. I do. So, it's fair. anyway, yes. so we're going to do that. And then we have um, many other fun things planned. We are not quite at 250 patrons. But we're close. close. We're getting there. And until next time, Dan. Keep this channel open for more.